You all may be seated. Good morning. Oh, there we, there we are. Um, so wasn't that just great? Um, kids are just awesome. Um, they have this really great superpower that they don't have to do anything, and they just make you smile and put a smile on your face. So that just really put a smile on my face today. Um, we do this every so often when the kids come in here and worship with us. Uh, they call it, I think, the kids take over. So to really get in the spirit of that today, we at Christ Church tried to find the biggest kid we could today to preach to you guys. So here I am. Um, we know that's not the truth. Um, I'm actually up here because I beat Jeff Gaines in a round of 18 holes of golf. Um, that's true. I would never lie in church. Um, that's not right. Um, but for, you, for those of you guys that don't know me, my name is EJ Moore. I am the youth minister here at Christ Church, um, so I'm really good at throwing dodgeballs at kids. Um, and I'm going to be totally honest, I am very nervous right now. This is my first time ever preaching. And, it, yeah. So I'm nervous. There was a lot of uh, sleepless nights this week, and I just apologize to my wife for keeping her up and preaching her every single night. Um, she's been great. Um, but yeah, uh, so the good news about that, well, there's some bad news first. Um, I'm probably going to talk real fast. I'm probably going to look at my notes a lot, and I'll probably forget some stuff. Um, the good news, though, is I don't have a three-hour sermon planned, and we'll probably get to lunch early. Um, so if you guys need me here next week, just let me know. 15-minute TED Talk, that's all we got. Um, so we've been studying Mark a lot here at Christ Church. Um, we're going to take a break from that today, and we are going to be talking about a parable. Um, now, I really love parables. I don't know about you guys. They are just really, really easy to follow. They're stories. Everybody can understand them. Everybody can get something out of them. And it's really easy for us to project ourselves into those stories. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the landowner and the laborers for his vineyard. Um, this is just one of those stories, for whatever reason, it has been really near and dear to me lately. I've been reading it a lot lately, and I feel like it's been speaking to me. Um, now, few disclaimers. I am 24 years old. I'm young. Some people might even say dumb. Um, thank you all for not saying amen. It means a lot. <laughs> but this is me just trying to speak to you guys what I feel like God has put on my heart. So if I try and say anything today that's just wrong, or I'm trying to make a stretch, forgive me, I am not up here trying to create some new theology and say, here guys, here it is, look at this, I am so smart. So just give me a little bit of grace, because I need it. Um, so if you all will, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. It is Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. And if you don't have your Bibles, the words will be up on screen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius, that's a day's wage, for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you too go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. And so they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into the vineyard. And when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group to the first. 
And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, and they also received each one a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. But I wish to give to this last man the same, same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own? Or is it your envious eye because I am generous? Thus the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Let's pray. Father, we just need you today, God, and I need you today. I pray that you will speak through us, speak through me today, God, because we know, we know I can't do it alone, God. And I just, I need you. We pray that you'll come draw near to us today, God. I pray that we'll get something out of this. I pray that you'll speak through us and just be with us here, God. I pray just for any of those hurting today, just make this a safe place for them, God. And then we also just lift up Eastern Kentucky to you today, God. Just all this flooding, just be with those families who don't have homes anymore, God. Just remind them that you are still in control of everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so just quick few summary of this passage. Um, We can take out that the landowner of this passage is God. Um, He comes to us, he finds us and says, hey, come work for me. Um, And the laborers in the vineyard are us. Um, We're just kind of standing around idle before God, not really having a purpose or a plan in our lives, and that is us. And the working day is our time here on earth. So that 12-hour shift is the time we have here on earth. And so getting hired during the day through this, we're just going to assume this is whenever these workers became Christians. That's the words I'm going to use, and we're just going to roll with it. So these people getting hired on the first day, early in their lives, we can say these people became Christians really early in their life. Maybe they grew up in a Christian household. Maybe they first started following God in children's church. That's what we're just going to put for that group. The next group, we're just going to call this the afternoon group, just not the morning, not in the early age. And we're just going to lump the sixth, ninth, or I'm sorry, the third, sixth, and ninth hour together. And we'll call this group, whether it's young adult or adult, they didn't grow up in a Christian household. Um, So they might have had an encounter with God. They might have had just something in their life change, hoping that they could find more, a more meaningful life. And the last group, we're not just going to call this the older group. Um, We're going to call this the group that might be on their last leg in life, whether it's health or even their last leg with God. They have just felt hopeless and abandoned by everybody and by God, and that's just what we're going to call the last group. Um, So we're just going to break it down a little bit. And after reading this passage over and over, Every time I read it and come back to it, one thing I've just been thinking in my mind is, EJ, it's time you got to get to work. Um, And so typically, I would say, reading this passage, we usually look at the landowner side of it and God and how graceful he is and everything he's done for us and how merciful he is. But just the thought that's been on my heart lately is being a laborer and how to get to work and what it really means to get to work as a Christian and living for God. 
Um, so we're going to start and just unpack that with the first group. Um, we're going to call this, like I said, the early morning group. Um, and this is the group that I relate to the most just because I feel like I was this group and I still am at times this group through and through all the way. So this was the group that got called out in the early morning. Um, so I grew up in a Christian household, just like I said, maybe they did. Um, I had Christian parents. I was fortunate enough to go to a Christian school, and I knew all my Bible verses. I even got a little trophy for memorizing all the books of the Bible, and I got that trophy before any of my siblings, so I was just very, very proud of it. Um, and so that's what I grew up. But unfortunately, just like the people at the end of the day, I, too, also was looking at some other people and being very judgmental of them, kind of, why in the world do they get what I get? Um, and so I've, I've been thinking a lot, like, how did I get, how did I get to that point? Um, of course, during the time I didn't think of it, I thought I was just a super Christian all the time, through and through. I just knew everything about the Bible because I was ignorant. Um, and so... But yeah, so that, that first group um, started out as Christians, and they become very jealous or envious of the other group. Um, so a time in my life that I really remember me specifically becoming, I guess, kind of envious of other people's lives was whenever I was in college. Um, I went to a really small college. I was fortunate enough to play baseball at a small school, and that school, just everybody on the team was just a bunch of bad news bears. These guys were the farthest things you could be from Christians. There was maybe two or three guys on the team that grew up in Christian backgrounds from me. So all of us kind of tried to take it upon ourselves to, hey, let's, let's get these guys Jesus. Um, of course, that was us trying to operate out of our own strength. So every, every semester, we would try and start a Bible study for the baseball team. It'd only be about five or six guys at most every week, and it would be on a Thursday night. And we were really hoping that it would be something special. We were really hoping that we would just learn so much about the Bible, but it never happened. Usually the Bible study would last maybe two, maybe three weeks, and it would just fizzle out. Um, and one of those things I always thought why it would fizzle out is because of the guys who were the bad news bears. They would come to the study um, usually our studies were on a Thursday night, and we just knew what they were doing on Friday and Saturday night. They just were getting into trouble. We didn't really think they were taking it very seriously, and I just remember sitting there at times thinking, why are these guys coming to this study? They are wasting my time. They are wasting their time. They are wasting God's time. They just don't deserve all this stuff in this book like I do. And then I, of course, got on my high horse because I was ignorant. And I'm like, I never got into trouble growing up. I never did anything. I don't go out here in college. I've had to work so hard to be a Christian. I've had to ignore everything that they've wanted. I've had to abstain from all of that. Why is it that they can do all of that stuff on Friday and Saturday and still get God? Um, clearly, I miss the mark. Um, because we know, as Christians, whenever these people come into church, come into these groups, we should be rejoicing for them, because they are lost out in the wilderness, and they are trying to find God. Um, and so as I was writing this, I was kind of thinking, how did I get to this point? How did I get to this point from being that super Christian Sunday school kid to just a punk? Um, 
and a few things that I thought of is number one, I just didn't really know what the work was that I was doing. And more specifically, I tried to make my early morning work in the day get me to the end of the day. Now we all know at a workplace environment, if you start out just brand new job, they usually give you the really mundane tasks. You're sending some emails, you're faxing some stuff, you're spinning in your chair, you are just trying to waste time. Now let's just picture that if you stay doing those first of the day work tasks, for the rest of your life, for 30, 40, 50 years, it'd probably drive you a little crazy. I could not send emails for the rest of my life to the same person. It just would not be fun. Um, and so like that in Christianity, we can't be content with our early morning tasks or our early Christian behavior. Um, I always think of the story. I think it's funny. You all might not. But how I related this is... Christian stories, Bible stories, those Sunday school stories as a kid, they are completely different as an adult. Um, you read the Bible as a kid, you, you hear about all the Bible heroes, and then whenever you look at them to the adult, you're like, how did I miss the mark on this so bad? Well, it's because you're a kid and it's time for you to grow. So one of those stories for me was the story of Samson. I remember we were homeschooled. My mom always taught Bible class, and she was teaching my older siblings, who are about five years older than me, about Samson, and I was trying to zone in on it. Um, I was probably six or seven years old, so I just really didn't understand any of the big life lessons you can learn from him. So what I got out of it is Samson was a superhero. Samson was the most heroic, most amazing, nicest guy ever in the Bible. He was basically Superman. Um, and I even found out he had a sidekick named Delilah, but my mom never would tell me what her superpowers were. <laughs> so as an adult, we read this story, and we know Samson had some issues. He wasn't really Superman. And so we get a better understanding of Scripture as we grow, not just in our age, but in our spiritual maturity. But I was so content with where I was at in that young infant stage of spiritual maturity, I thought that could get me to the end of the day. Um, I didn't really ever understand how the magnitude of that growing until my mom had told me something a few weeks ago. She was like, you know, EJ, you might make it to heaven, but that person you were supposed to reach might not make it to heaven now. And so that just, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, okay. Maybe it's time for me to get to work a little more serious. It's time for me to grow. It's time for me to flourish. It's whatever it is. And then another reason why I feel like this first group gets bitter at the end of the day, just like I did, we really forget what it means to be a Christian and what it means to, be, to work or be employed by God. Um, so we know being a Christian sometimes, guys, it can be really hard because we're human, we like to do a lot of dumb stuff, and God just doesn't want us doing dumb stuff. Um, so sometimes it's hard. If you all have kids, I'm sure you know it is especially hard. Um, I take that, I say that just because I was one of those bad kids, and so sorry for my parents. But anyways, it is such a blessing to be a Christian and to work I mean, becoming, becoming a Christian, it is the best job security ever because you know at the end of the day, you get your payment and that's heaven. But more importantly than that, we get our reward at the end of the day 
but we get our prize as soon as we accept Jesus because we get Jesus. We have an answer for all of our problems. We have, an, we have a solution for everything in life. Um, one thing I always wish I would have done in my faith journey, and I'm sure you guys might say it as well, I wish I would have started sooner. I wish I would have known now what I would have known then. I would have had an answer for just about every issue in my life. Um, and then lastly for this, something I feel like I really overlooked is that I get a new family. Um, so recently there was a pastor at a church um, and his wife had passed away on a Friday and he was supposed to preach on that Sunday. So he gets up there, preaches on Sunday. I thought it was crazy until I heard him speak. And he just starts out, he says, guys, I didn't need to be here today or you guys didn't need me here today, but I needed to be with my family. And what a privilege it is to be here with my family. And that's something I completely ignored for so long in my life is my family in Christ. I would say some of my closest and most meaningful relationships are in here in this building with God. And I got to say the youth group, however many of them are in there, those are some of my closest friends. Those kids text me at all hours of the day. And that's something I have been so blessed with since I have become a part of this Christ family. So this this first group, I feel like I'm preaching to myself on it just because that's who I was. I missed the mark. I overlooked how important my work was. And I basically pushed away all those benefits I got because I was caught up in what other people were doing. So if you guys grew up like me today, I would just, I just want to remind you and remind myself that you might have to work a little longer than everybody else, but it is such a blessing to have Jesus for your whole entire life. So just don't forget it. So this takes us to group two. This is kind of the afternoon group. Um, so as I was writing this one, I definitely struggled a little more than the first one, just thinking about anything to say. And so what I thought of is why wasn't this group hired first? So they weren't hired last, but they weren't hired first. And I just kind of got to thinking, you know, maybe they just found God as an adult. Maybe they found God whenever they went to school. Maybe they found God when they had a kid because they needed, really needed the Lord to help them be a parent. Um, so I just figured this group found God somewhere along the way. They, they didn't grow up in a Christian house. They didn't know God in an early age and they just came to him along the way. And we have a really great word for that. It's your testimony for the most part. You have one of those aha encounters with God. He saves you and he shows up just at the right time. Um, so this one was a little strange for me just because I grew up in a Christian house and I never thought I had a testimony. I never had one of those aha heavens parted, Jesus coming down and saying, EJ, stop doing this, I have saved you. Because that's what I thought it was all about. Because like I said in that first part, I was young and I was ignorant. Um, and so this second part, I see this a lot in some of my older friends. And I'll tell you, being young and working at the church, you have a lot of old friends. Um, it's a little weird because they like to talk about your, their wives. And whenever you, you're not married, you just say, okay, guys, sure. Been married for a couple months, so I'm starting to get a little bit. Um, but I see, I see the second group in them a lot. And I say this just because one of my really close friends, he, he has an incredible story. God saved him. God showed up at just the right moment. 
and he just lives his life for Jesus, lives his life for God. But one thing that really makes my heart break about him is that he gets down on himself a lot. Um, we'll have conversations. I'm like, how you doing, man? And he's like, I'm good, but I just feel like I'm being attacked. I feel like I am being accused because of my past self. Um, and so I just want to remind people who might have had that testimony or anything today, just look at the landowner. Look what he said to the laborers. Did he ask them what they had been doing in the morning? Did he ask them what their previous work experience was? No. He just came up to them and he said, hey, come work for me. It's been long enough. Just come work for me. So, and don't, don't just take it from me. Paul has one of those incredible stories. Paul, in the New Testament, literally persecuted Christians for a living. He was a professional at it. Just bad dude. He had his encounter. Jesus met him right when he needed to. And so Paul, if anybody knows what it's like to have one of those hard stories and just really struggling to accept Jesus's love and being forgiven for his past self. So that's why I love whenever Paul writes in Romans that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or whenever he says in 2 Corinthians, you are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. So today, guys, if you feel like you have been hired on later in the day, it's no big deal. God doesn't care about it. He doesn't care what you have done in the morning hours. He doesn't care what you did as a kid, as an adult, in your previous relationship. He is more focused about you coming to work for him because that is all that matters. He's not holding it against you, so don't hold it against yourself. So this takes us into group three. Um, we are moving right along this because we are still trying to get to lunch early and we are still on track. So group three, getting hired at the last hour. Um, I'd say I probably wrestled with this one the most just because I feel like being young and dumb, I haven't really had a lot of experiences with people who are on the last hour. And what I love about this story is this person at the last hour, I feel like is someone everybody's rooting for. This is that person that your grandma's been praying for, that your mom's been praying for, that your cousin's uncle's brother's been praying for. Everybody has been praying for this person to make it to Jesus. Whether they've just been lost their whole life, whether they've been having a lot of sick health problems, or whether they feel like they've been in and out of their faith for however long. This is just that person who has felt hopeless and lost. Um, and so I was just trying to find one of those people in my head. I just couldn't think of one. And I had been going through all my prayers as a kid. Like, who have I been praying for? Who has the youth group kids been praying for? And then I remembered in high school, one of my friend's dads, um, he just always, my friend had just always been praying for him to come talk to Jesus. It was just every time we'd talk, I'd always ask him, how's your dad doing? And he'd just be like, Still needs prayer, still needs God. Um, and his dad was a really smart guy. His dad had a lot of stuff, and he just didn't seem to have any problems, but he just was missing Jesus. Um, not to say anything about his character, just because he had an answer for everything, whether he was lying or not, he had me fooled. Um, he was just a good dude, but he was missing Jesus. So he had actually passed away um, a couple years ago, and I just haven't reached out to that friend to ask him specifically, like, hey, 
how did it end? How did it happen? Do you think he made it to heaven? Did he have his time? Did he have that? Um, just because I feel like that'd be a little inconsiderate of me, and I don't think I could have that conversation with him. If I should, sometime later, maybe, but just not right now. But what really brings me hope for him is I don't know what happened. I don't know what his last moments hold, but I do know if God showed up to him in his last hour, I know without a doubt that he is in heaven. And so if any of you guys have been praying for that person here that is just struggling or in that last hour, or even if that is you, as long as there is still time left in the day and as long as the landowner is still in the market and God is still here, it is not too late for that person or any of you guys. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for your great mercy for us, that you would choose us to be your workers, God, just to invite us into the kingdom of heaven and just further further your work here on earth, God. We just cannot thank you enough for that because we don't deserve it. We've been standing here in the marketplace too long just being idle, God, and we just praise you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So personally, I've been very idle my whole life, or not my whole life. I've been idle for too long in my life, and I've just felt like it's been time for me to get to work. Um, One thing I really like about this story is that that word idle wasn't just used to describe that last group. That word idle was to describe all the groups. And so in the Greek, this word is actually translated to a few things. It's translated to useless, lazy, or even barren. We've all been described that before God. It doesn't matter what age you came to know Christ or how you knew to come Christ. We were all lazy, barren, useless, and idle before God. And personally, sometimes I feel that. This week, I've felt that. I've felt like I've been lazy in my spiritual life. Good news about that is today God is wanting to get me to go to work. Today God is wanting you guys to go to work. Doesn't matter when or where you are in your life, God came to the market, he found us. We did not have to go find God in the wilderness. Just like in the story, God came into the marketplace to seek out each and every one of you. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to have any perfect resume. You don't have to be a great Christian. God just says, come work for me. And he's searching for that answer for you to say yes. So at this time, come.